This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Plato. Last week, we were talking about cancer vaccine research. We're continuing our look into the latest in cancer therapy. And this week, CAR T-cell therapy, in which a patient's own immune cells are modified to create a hybrid immune cell that destroys cancer cells. CAR T-cell therapy is not new. It's been around for over a decade. But researchers are continuing to find success in treating new types of cancer with the therapy. And they're working on many more. And on top of that, scientists are starting to investigate the utility of this therapy for conditions other than cancer, autoimmune diseases like multiple sclerosis and lupus. Joining me now is Dr. Carl June, one of the pioneers of CAR T-cell therapy. He's professor of immunotherapy and director of the Center for Cellular Immunotherapies at the University of Pennsylvania, based in Philadelphia. Welcome back to Science Friday. Thanks, Ira. It's great to be back. Nice to talk to you. Okay, let's start with a quick refresher course. Tell us about what CAR T-cells are and how the therapy works. Well, sure. So... A CAR T-cell is a chimera, and, and all those Greek mythologists out there, a chimera was a fusion of three animals, a, a lion, a goat, and a serpent. And a, a chimeric T-cell is a fusion of a bee and a T-cell. You know, over the years, the public didn't know what a bee and a T-cell was. We first learned about T-cells when HIV came out, and HIV kills T-cells, and then people lose their immune systems. And then... B cells, I think we've all learned about what they do over COVID. You know, B cells make antibodies, and we've all learned about how, for instance, your antibody against spike protein, for instance, can protect you against COVID. So B cells make those antibodies, and T cells don't. A CAR T cell is a chimera, a fusion of a B and a T cell, so that now you can have a T cell that can do what T cells do, but they also can... Uh, have an antibody in there as normally what would be done by a B cell. So these are sort of designer cells that each individual patient has. You have to create that from for, from the patient's cells, correct? Yeah, that's that's one of the parts that's a big paradigm shift of this. You know, the pharmaceutical industry uh, heretofore has always made drugs, you know, where one shoe size fit all, which has a lot of economy of scale. You can make one drug that's for everyone. In this case, the CAR T cells are made individually or bespoke for each patient. So the patient actually donates blood, the cells are shipped to the manufacturing center and then shipped back after the manufacturing as CAR T cells and then given as a simple blood infusion. And the last time we had you on the show, we discussed the exciting milestone that two patients you treated with CAR T cells a decade ago are still in remission, a, a cure even. And now there's a new generation of CAR T-cell therapies that are more potent and attack different cancers beyond the blood cancers. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's correct. I mean, it's it's rapidly evolving from what was basically an academic experiment in a few laboratories to now it's an industry that's worldwide. You know, initially the CAR T cells we made were approved for leukemia, acute leukemia, which is not a common disease and, and it's a blood cancer. And as you mentioned, you know, those initial patients appear to be cured. Now, over this last year, CAR T cells have been approved also for 
myeloma, which is the most common blood cancer in adults. The major significance of this is it shows that it's not a one-trick pony. So this shows that it's a generalizable strategy, that you can change the warhead that comes out of the B cell at will and then target virtually any uh, cell in your body. Even cells in your brain, like glioblastoma? Yeah, that's a very exciting area. And in fact, Marcella Mouse, who's at uh, Harvard now, has had trials targeting uh, glioblastoma, and there was a recent trial from Stanford uh, targeting another molecule called GD2 in a childhood brain cancer. Uh, so there's even into the brain, as you mentioned. Hmm. What about one really deadly cancer, pancreatic cancer? Any hope there? Well, pancreatic cancer has been, I think, uh, safe to say since my days in medical school, the worst of the worst. You know, it has not responded to so-called checkpoint therapies that have previously revolutionized cancer therapy and now are first line for lung cancer and melanoma and other cancers. They, they just don't work in pancreatic cancer. And now there are CAR T cells that work in, in mice in laboratory models for pancreatic cancer. But as of yet, I mean, the responses are still uh, disappointing in, in humans, and there's a, a large need for research there. And I understand that CAR T cells are now being tested in early clinical trials to treat autoimmune disorders, too. Yeah, that's a really exciting area. You know, autoimmune disease was found to be an overreaction of the immune system against your own normal body tissues. And, and that's, in, in fact, in, at some level, what we try to provoke with cancer immunotherapy, you know, to destroy a body tissue, in this case, a cancer tissue. Autoimmunity is, maybe, is, is up between 10 and 20% of, of adults in the U.S. You know, it's been treated but never cured before. The, the great news has been that biologics have come out to treat diseases such as arthritis, and multiple sclerosis, but they haven't been curative. That adds up to a significant expense, and, and frankly, just the patients would uh, prefer cure therapies. So there are exciting trials open now in lupus, which is one of the systemic autoimmune diseases, and you know a very intriguing case report published in the New England Journal of Medicine about a year ago showed a 20-year-old Asian woman who was treated with a single infusion of CAR T cells and her disease went into remission. And, you know, I've spoken to the investigators in this, it's a, you know, first in human phase one trial. That, that complete remission is ongoing and they now have multiple other patients like that. So wow, this is really an important early stage uh, area of research. Is that because, the, as you said before, the, the success is because these are designed specifically for a person's genetic makeup? Yeah, so they come from our own T-cells, which each person has. And, and unless you have an identical twin, the only person who can ever be a donor for you at this point is yourself. So it's not like red blood cells where, you know, we have, if you're O negative, you can be a universal donor. So T-cells at this point uh, all come have to come from the patient themselves. And then they can now be modified at will with gene engineering, you know, either genetic editing uh, using technologies such as CRISPR and Cas9 or with uh, insertion techniques to knock in genes that make the T cells that you have, you know, to be weapons that can target virtually any cell 
in the body at will. It's really a remarkable new advance that came from the confluence of many new genetic technologies. Does this mean that we can develop new drugs a lot faster than, you know, the over a decade long time periods we have now? Uh, yeah, that's that's been something we've learned. Uh, so, you know, what now that we have, for instance, a lens looking back 10 years from the initial patients we treated uh, with leukemia. So they were given a single infusion of their own T cells that were CAR modified cells. They've lasted 10 years in those patients and they have not caused any adverse uh, responses, meaning they've been safe. And now thousands of patients have been treated with CAR T cells, you know, where they're manufactured from their own cells. So as a group, cell therapies, if they come from your own cells, appear to be very safe. Um, I mean, we've known for many years that cancer drugs that are cytotoxic and have, you know, break DNA as a mechanism of action, they actually can cause cancer. And so far that has not occurred with, you know, the patient's own T cells. So when you go back to the drawing board to make a new CAR T cells, as was done for myeloma that I mentioned that was just approved in this last year, that took less than five years to go from the drawing board to an FDA-approved product. And, you know, the usual pharmaceutical cycle, if you look it up, would say it's 10 to 15 years to make a new drug. Uh, so I, now that we have technologies that are validated with, you know, manufacturing cells, uh, I think the drug cycle time for the first time is going to be shorter than the actual patent duration. That's bad news for drug companies. It is, you know, and, and, but it's great news for the patients. It, it means that it, it, it encourages innovation. And in the past, many drug cycle, you know, the company, pharmaceutical industry could rely on patent protection before they needed to have a new drug come out. And now what happens is it's more like cell phones. Each year, if your iPhone's better, you'll switch to that one. And it doesn't matter how much Apple has on patent protection because what drives innovation in the, in the battle between Samsung and iPhones is, you know, is innovation. So let's talk about how expensive all of this still is. How, how much does a typical CAR T-cell therapy cost? So that's, you know, that's right now the Achilles heel of this area. The, because they're made one by one for each patient, they're much more expensive than previous drugs, which are made in batches for, you know, all patients at one time. And so the initial CAR T-cell trial uh, prices for leukemia were around $400,000 per patient. The one bright side on that is that it actually came with a guarantee that it would work. So normally when you get treated, say, for, with cancer therapies, there's no guarantee that it works. And, and, and the hospital and the patient's insurance companies pay for this regardless. Now, CAR T cells are given, there, there is a, you know, in leukemia, a guarantee that it will work. And if you're not put in remission, then, <laughs> then the price is rebated. No, I never heard of anything like that. Yeah, well, and that's before. because these, you know, the initial remission rates were in refractory patients where they literally had weeks to months to live. There was an 80 and 90% complete response rate, which hadn't really ever happened in, in refractory cancers like that. So when you have expensive therapies, they need to be have you know very potent effects to make them worthwhile. And so there's a lot of research now to make them cheaper uh, so that they're not so expensive. But the, the sad fact is now that even you know patients with myeloma 
which used to, when I was in medical school, the survival was two or three years. Now it's eight to 10 years, but the textbooks all still say it's incurable. And over that time, patients spend over a million dollars, or their insurance companies do, before they unfortunately have demise from the cancer after many uh, different kinds of therapies are given. And so if you have an expensive therapy that's $400,000 now, it still can be economically cheaper than what we do right now, which is death by a thousand cuts from many different therapies given month by month over the years. Interesting. Interesting. I, I imagine since this is basically handmade for each patient, there's got to be a long line of patients, right, who have heard about this and and are waiting online to get their CAR T-cell therapy. So unfortunately, that's true. That And, and I think this is many new technologies often are limited in production. So at this point, the the manufacturers of CAR T-cells on this one-by-one manufacturing cannot meet the demand, and there is a waiting list. You know, CAR T-cells are in some ways similar to the, um, I think, automobile manufacturing, where those cars initially made by Henry Ford were put together, you know, initially by hand, you know, one-by-one on assembly lines, and then now most automobiles are mostly assembled by robotics. And this is, you know, the most expensive part of manufacturing car T-cells is human labor with highly trained technicians and scientists. And this needs to become automated, just as automobiles have. Uh, Does this uh, manufacturer, the individual car T-cells, do we send them overseas to laboratories or, or do we do them in the States? So at this point, they're done in the States, and then there are manufacturing centers in Europe. There may well be economic competition. I mean, right now, as you know, we outsource a lot of uh, our IT needs overseas to Asia. And, you know, labor may be cheaper and, and similar in, in South and Central America. This is Science Friday from WNYC Studios. You know, listeners to this show know that we hear at Science Friday can't get enough information about the microbiome. And I understand that some recent research from your colleagues at UPenn and Memorial Sloan Kettering shows that the microbiome may actually play a role in how well CAR T-cell therapy works. That's, uh, it's a remarkable response, uh, I mean, and result. So Melody Smith, who is at Memorial Sloan Kettering, and, and Marco Ruella, a colleague of mine here at the University of Pennsylvania, looked at our patients between New York City and, and Philadelphia and found that their microbiome had a major impact on how they responded to CAR T-cell therapy when they had you know, various blood cancers. And so, I mean, this was astonishing to me because you know, this is something, we grow these cells in the lab and you say, how can the microbiome in your GI tract affect these cells that are given to patients? And uh, We've now found in mouse models that, in fact, it validates what we've found in, in the human patients, you know, treated in New York City and Philadelphia. So if you have a better microbiome, in other words, a better kind of uh, bacteria growing in your gut, you, you might do better with CAR T-cell therapy? Uh, that's exactly what, what this, re, you know, research suggests and, and it's published in Nature Medicine. And I think... You know, there will be now attempts to modify, you know, there are various probiotics and other things to do this at will uh, that may well improve the response rate in patients. You know, um, I'm reminded 
because I'm of, a, I'm of a certain age. I remember when antibiotics after World War II were called miracle drugs. You know, or do you feel that excited about CAR T cell therapy, the potential for them that we are in a paradigm shift on that scale? I, I think without a doubt. I mean, my colleagues here uh, earlier this year published, uh, I think, quite remarkable responses in repairing heart damage with CAR T cells. And, and, and that, so there's now been several studies on that, that, you know, normally if you have a myocardial infarction, it leaves a scar in your heart. And if it's a big enough scar, your heart really doesn't work as a pump anymore. And, and now it's been found that you can, you know, make the regeneration of the heart muscle much better. And this is in mice. That, that's just one example. I think we're going to see cell therapies that fix scars in the lung. You know, and, and, and hopefully, as we met, we've talked, autoimmune diseases like multiple sclerosis and lupus and arthritis. Well, I can only wait and hope and look around for that, that day to come, Dr. June. Well, I think it's a very exciting time. And now it's, it's global. It's gone from, you know, just an academic curiosity to it's, uh, it's really been exciting to see this in evolution. Dr. June, thank you for taking time to talk with us about this exciting research. It's all my pleasure. Thanks, Ira. Dr. Carl June, Professor of Immunotherapy, Director of the Center for Cellular Immunotherapies at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia.